Hey, what's up, everybody, and thank you for checking out this week's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. But before we get started, I have a quick question for you. Are you looking for new original music? If so, you should check out Atomics, the EP from my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, featuring the vocals of Mr. Joey Trincali. It has three tracks, including their single Tomorrow's Plan, which happens to be the theme song of this very podcast. This EP is unlike anything the Unicorn Wranglers have done before. So support local music and check out Atomics, which is available now on iTunes and Spotify for only $2.97. You can also follow the Unicorn Wranglers on social media, like them on Facebook, and don't forget to follow them on Twitter and Instagram, at UWranglers. And finally, be sure to check out their website, theunicornwranglers.com. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Welcome to episode 96 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. Thank you so much for making this podcast part of your day. And thank you for stopping by for this special two-year anniversary episode. And it's kind of crazy to think that the show's been going on for two years now, two years to the day. And I remember first starting it thinking, I'll be lucky if I make it past episode 10. Because unlike you know the Nerd Cave podcast, which I also do, or any other type of group podcast... This show is entirely guest-based, so sometimes there have been moments where I'm thinking, oh, well, I'm not going to have a show because I can't get an interview with anybody, or there will be some instances where I'll have two or three months' worth of interviews in the can, so it's really been kind of a wild and crazy ride, and if you had told me two years ago that I'd get to interview you know, Jake Plummer, former NFL quarterback, uh, Karen Parsons from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, or Claudia Wells from Back to the Future, I would have told you you were crazy. But here I am, you know, two years later and almost 100 episodes in, and it's still going pretty strong. And I think you, the listeners, I have you, the listeners, to thank uh, for all of that, because without you guys, there would not be a show. So, from the bottom of my heart, uh, thank you very much for continuing to tune in, listening to all the interviews that I've brought you uh, throughout these 96 episodes. And I wanted to do something a little different for this episode. I've never tried to carry a whole podcast by myself before. So I thought, why not try this? Because that's kind of a phrase that I've lived off of the past couple of years. Why not? I mean, the worst thing that can happen is this doesn't work and you just use an interview. So what I decided to do was a Q&A episode. I went on Facebook and I posted on my personal page and on the Nerd Cave Network page asking for questions. And you could literally ask me anything. It could be nerd-related, non-nerd-related. It could be to do with sports life, anything. And I've got two pages worth of responses, and I appreciate everybody who sent in their questions. And we're going to get started. Uh, first question here is from Mary Jane Gardner, who is a co-worker of mine at the Pensacola Blue Wahoo. She asks, who has been your favorite guest? And that's kind of a two-part answer because I put the interviews kind of in two different categories. As far as pure fun, I would have to say the second time I interviewed uh, the Unicorn Wranglers who do the theme song for this show. And I say that because we were also joined by our mutual friend Travis Huffman, who is a very uh, interesting and intense individual. And we had just come from CeCe's. Uh, they had been working on their new album, Murder Mystery Night, and we had taken a lunch break and went to CeCe's. Well, Ian and I, Ian is the guitarist, we had a pizza eating contest. I believe we both ate 14 slices each. So we were not feeling that great. And there was an incident that happened with Travis in the men's bathroom. And you'll have to go back and listen to the show to believe it because I can't really do that story justice. It's the full episode is, I think, episode 21, but it's on the most recent best of show I did, which was back in November. So you can scroll through the past episodes and check that out. But it's really, really funny. And that was just an interview that half the time we were just sitting there laughing and it was just pure, pure fun. And it makes me smile just thinking about that interview because it was just so much fun to do. 
And as far as celebrity interviews, I would have to say, you know, all of them have been great. But the one that sticks out in my mind is the Claudia Wells interview I did, who played the original Jennifer in Back to the Future. And I say that because she was just so easy to talk to, and I wasn't really nervous at all. I mean, there have been several interviews that I've been nervous about, and there actually is a question about that that I'll get to in just a second, but it was just easy to talk with her. I learned a lot of new things, like that she sang in the opera when she was a kid, why she didn't do Back to the Future Part 2 and 3, because I had always thought, oh, well, you know, she just didn't want to come back, or they didn't like her, and they decided to recast her, but there is a legit reason why she not only didn't do the sequels, but she left acting for a long time. And even getting to meet her at Pensacon this past year was really cool. And she seemed really excited to meet me and was really friendly to all the guests. She was one of the most friendliest celebrities I've ever met. So that one's definitely, uh, is definitely up there. As far as the celebrity interviews go, it's easily number one on my list. Next set of questions comes from Friend of the Nerd Cave Network, Nick Vikinghorn Caputo. Shout out to Nick. Most memorable moment while podcasting. That would have to be, uh, I'll say for the solo show, it would be the moment when Jim Cummings made me geek out on air. And this was something that I had considered removing from the episode, but friends told me to leave it, so I did. And to give a little backstory on that, Jim Cummings is a really iconic voice actor. He's been the voice of Winnie the Pooh, Darkwing Duck, Tigger, Bonkers, Dr. Robotnik, and that's the role that I most know him for. So I had to bring it up on the podcast, and I said, you know, you've been recognized for so many roles, but the one that I associate you with is Dr. Robotnik from the 90s Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. And immediately he starts berating me in the Robotnik voice, And in that moment, I felt like a kid again watching the cartoon. And I just screamed at the top of my lungs. And I just said, oh, my God, that's so awesome, or something like that. But in that moment, and he even laughed about it, which I thought was really cool. But that that was my uh, memorable moment uh, when doing the show. I mean, there have been several others. I mean, you know, getting the celebrity interviews, uh, even starting the show, making it to 25 episodes to 50 and so on and so forth. There are so many, but that's the one that pops out in my mind the most is that Jim Cummings moment. Uh, His second question, top five dream interviews. And I've put these in order. Number five is Diamond Dallas Page, who used to be a professional wrestler, and now he's a fitness guru with his DDP yoga program. And I put him on the list because he was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. He was just, he seemed like an everyday, relatable person. He came in and out through the crowd. He had a really cool move called the Diamond Cutter that he could hit out of nowhere. And obviously, you know, with Diamond being my last name, and I'm like, oh, I've got to cheer for this guy because one of his names is Diamond. And even doing his yoga program now, and I think it's really cool that he's been able to reinvent himself after he's left the industry that made him famous and he's doing something that is helping people. And seeing interviews that he's done, uh, he does his own podcast, I believe. I think it's called DDP Yoga Radio or something like that. But him using his fame and his resources to help people, I think is really, really cool. And I would just love to talk with him, you know, because he has such an interesting story. He didn't get into wrestling until he was in his 30s. As far as actually being like in the ring, he was a manager and an announcer before that, but he didn't really start wrestling until he was over 30 and didn't win a world championship until he was 42. So with that, along with you know him working in nightclubs when he was younger before he got into wrestling, I think he just has a really interesting and unique story, and he's a self-made man, so that would be the reason why he'd be on my list. A uh, number four would be Jeff Bridges, just because I think he's an unbelievable actor. I love Tron. I love The Big Lebowski. I even liked him as Rooster Cogburn in the True Grit remake. But just everything I see him in, I'm drawn to because I think he's just that good of an actor. Number three would be The Rock. Um, two of three wrestlers that made my list. I mean, how can you not like The Rock? He's fun, he's charismatic, he's 
just a genuine good person, and he's one of the biggest movie stars in the world. And I'm one, I'm one of those people that can say I knew him before he really became famous as Dwayne Johnson. I knew him as The Rock. And I just think that just talking with him, not even having to interview him, of course I'd love to interview him, but just getting to talk with him for like five minutes would be amazing. That would be something I would brag about for the rest of my life. Uh, number two would be Steven Spielberg, who I consider to be the greatest filmmaker of all time. Uh, film is something that I've always followed since I was a kid, and it's still what I would ultimately love to do as a career. It just the impact that he's had on the industry with movies like E.T. and his work in animation. A lot of people don't know this, but Spielberg is really big into animation. He produced a lot of the 90s cartoons like Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, uh, so many. And just to hear what he thinks of the film industry and how he got into it would just be really, really interesting. And what I love about him is that he still shoots with film because his reasoning is well if it's good enough for those that came before me then it's good enough for me a lot of people make the comparisons with him and George Lucas that you know Spielberg is still that old school director that loves to you know use film and go on location and shoot practical effects but George Lucas obviously went the full digital route so uh, Spielberg would be my number two and my number one uh, easily would be Stone Cold Steve Austin, the third of the five uh, spots on my list that's filled with, with uh, wrestlers. But Stone Cold was someone who I really kind of idolized as a kid because when I first got into wrestling, I was 12 years old. I was bullied a lot as a kid, and wrestling was kind of my escape from the world. And here was this guy who was just like an everyday person who would stand up to his boss, would stand up to authority and show that he wouldn't be pushed around, that he'd give his boss the middle finger and drop him with a stunner, or anyone who tried to take his championship or take his spot, he would fight for it. And it kind of showed, you know, a 12-year-old kid who was pushed around a lot uh, at school and really in life that you didn't have to take it. And I think the rivalry he had with Vince McMahon is still the greatest wrestling storyline that's ever been done because it's so relatable. And it's so many people lived vicariously through him uh, throughout that period of time because he could do something that you couldn't do in real life. He could tell his boss to go screw himself. So Stone Cold would easily be my number one, you know, talking about his career, why he wanted to get into wrestling, his career now he does a really cool podcast that you should check out uh, it's called the Steve Austin show and his acting career and various things like that he I would just love to sit down crack open a beer and hit the record button is what I would love to do with him just because he seems like such an everyday person Nick's third question where do you hope your show is at episode 200 these are three things that I wrote down I would love for this show to have a sponsor not sure who it would be, but just a sponsor in general. I would like to get one of those five names that I just mentioned as a guest on this show. And at a convention, I would love to do a solo panel about podcasting. I love doing the ones with Zach and Robbie when we go to conventions and do you know the Nerd Cave Network podcast, uh, with Podcasting 101 and things like that. But kind of like me doing this Q&A, I would love to just see if I could do it by myself, just talk for 45 minutes about podcasting. So that that would be where I would love for my show to be at episode 200. Steve Wise asks, what is the meaning of the universe? And the meaning of the universe is 42. And if you don't know what that means, uh, Google Douglas Adams, who is the author of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Google Douglas Adams 42, and you'll get that. It's actually kind of an interesting story of how uh, the number 42 is pretty common throughout a lot of life experiences. So, Steve, there's your philosophical answer to your philosophical question. Adam Gumbert, a uh, big member of the Nerd Cave Network Facebook group, how do you find connections to interview slash how do you get people to agree to do it? Plus, when are you going to interview me? I do things, too. 
How do I find connections? Well, a lot of it has been going to conventions and just asking, you know, giving them a business card. And we'll do an interview for the YouTube channel and things like that. And I'll just be like, hey, you know, I also do this solo podcast where I do like a a more longer sit down type of conversation if you'd be interested in doing it. And I give them a business card and kind of explain what the show is and previous guests that I've had. Other than that, um, I have a subscription to IMDB Pro, and you can search for uh, celebrities, and it'll it'll also have their agent contact information. That one's really about blind luck, because I've sent... There was one day I sent 25 emails in one day, and that's no exaggeration, and I got no responses. So it's really... You just have to do it. And just hope for the best because the worst thing that can happen is they're just not going to respond. And I mean, I've gotten lucky a couple of times, like with the Claudia Wells one, the Jim Cummings one, uh, hopefully some that will be coming out in the future. But uh, that's really how I get the how I get the interviews. And really, I mean, there are local talent here as far as like actors and aspiring filmmakers that will have mutual friends. And I'll just be like, hey. You know, I do this podcast and give them the same spiel that I give at conventions and be like, you know, I'd love to have you as a guest to promote your film or your album or, you know, whatever they're wanting to promote. And uh, as far as when are you going to interview me, uh, just name a date and time and let's do it. He also asks, plus give us a brief history of your background. You may have done it already, but not everyone knows a ton about you. Uh, a little bit about my background. Um, well, I'm, I'm originally from a small town about 40 miles north of Pensacola called Jay. Uh, it's a very small farm town. It has one red light, and people don't believe me when I say that, but Zach and Robbie will back me up on this on the Nerd Cave podcast. Um, as far as my background, um, I was actually very outgoing as a kid. And then somewhere along the lines, I developed a very bad case of social anxiety. I specifically remember in college having to take a uh, public speaking class. And the first day, our teacher gives us an assignment, which is an impromptu icebreaker speech, which means that we had to literally stand in front of an audience and talk about ourselves for three to five minutes. And I almost cried. I was actually very close to crying. So bad enough that my teacher asked me after class, she was like, is something wrong? And I just kind of explained, you know, yeah, I just don't do very well with speaking in front of crowds. And, you know, it it helped a little bit. But through most of college, I still had those anxieties. Like I was just really nervous to talk with people unless I was really good friends with them. And part of what has cured that is this podcast and the other podcasts that I do because it forces me to talk with people like doing the nerd cave. It forces me to talk with Zach and Robbie doing this show. It forces me to talk with new people and meet new people. And also with uh, my job at the Wahoos, I have to deal with people a lot. And really the best thing for me is to just kind of take the option out of the equation and just force me to do it. This podcast forces me to talk with people. So I owe a lot of my uh, personal accomplishments the last few years, I feel, to this podcast for helping me build up the courage to face my fears and talk with people. And as far as like interest goes, I- I've always been a nerd. I've always been big into video games. I remember uh, playing t-ball when I was a kid, and my parents then got me a computer Uh, for Christmas one year, and that was pretty much the end of any aspiring sports career that I had. Not that I was very athletic anyway, but, you know, once I got the computer and I had the SNES, uh, that was all she wrote. And I've always, I've always been big into like the Spider-Man, Nintendo, Zelda, Mario stuff that I've talked about constantly. That's something that's always stuck with me since I was a kid. That and, of course, Star Wars. So that's a little bit uh, of my background. Uh, Robbie asks, where do babies come from? They come from your mom, Robbie. Nick asks, in your honest opinion, will Robbie Rawls ever be half the gamer Lil Dizzle 85 is? And that is uh, Nick's PlayStation name. 
to be honest, Nick, I don't know if Robbie will ever be half the gamer that generic underscore Derek is. So how would you even think he would be close to your level? Think about that one. Alexander Stein asks, what are your thoughts on the current epidemic of Brits and Aussies taking almost every male superhero role? Of course, there are a few exceptions, but I think this has gotten way out of hand. What he's talking about is Henry Cavill, who is playing Superman currently, is British. Not a lot of people know that, but he is British. Uh, Hugh Jackman is Australian. He's playing Wolverine. Andrew Garfield was British, and he was the previous Spider-Man. So I get what he's saying. Um, personally, I don't really have an issue with it as long as they can play the role. If, they, if they're playing an American character, if they do the accent correctly and they actually play the character as it is in the book, I don't really have an issue with it. I do, I do see where he's coming from that it seems like every major role is cast by a British actor or an Australian actor. But like I said, as long as they play the role correctly... I don't have an issue with it. Brendan Karnick asks, how do you continue to rock so hard? Uh, I don't know that I rock very hard, uh, but I I like to think that I'm just going at a a tortoise pace. You know, slow and steady wins the race. I I don't rock very hard, but I do appreciate the kind words, Mr. Karnick. Wallace Phelps asks, and shout out to Wally, he's a member of the Pop Culture Palette podcast. If you could interview someone from your past, who would it be? And this would be more of a personal question, but I would love to have interviewed uh, my great-grandmother when she was still alive. And before she passed, uh, you know, I wasn't doing the podcast at the time. But the reason why I say her is because she lived to be 97 years old. And up until the last month or so of her life, she still had all of her mental faculties. And she could remember things from when she was a child. So I would have loved to have just sat down at a table set up microphones, and then just ask questions, you know, about where you came from, what was it like living through the Depression, the 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, every decade, asking, you know, questions about our family history. And she honestly, and I don't just say this because she was my great-grandmother, but she was the most genuine good person that I ever knew. And I don't believe that there will be anybody that I meet that will be as good of a person as her because if someone if I would say someone had like a a pure heart I would say it would be her that would be uh that would be an accurate description of her um as far as people outside of my family I would love to interview uh my old tv production professor just to talk and see you know kind of a comparison of where I've come since then because I was just really getting into the love of production work. And plus, I think it would be cool of her to see, and this is me kind of bragging on myself, but how far I've come personally. Because I remember being in her office and her giving me advice on not being so scared of confrontation or being so scared of people. So that would be a a cool one to do. Uh, Nick asks, if you could interview anyone who is not alive, who would it be? Um, that's a very, very tough question. Um, from a historical purpose, I would love to interview Abraham Lincoln because a lot of culture changes happened around that time. And I would love to get inside the mind of someone who was at the forefront of that. Uh, as far as actors go, I would love to interview, uh, Robin Williams just because He's so iconic. I mean, the voice of the genie from Aladdin, my all-time favorite Disney movie. His stand-up, which shocked me whenever I was a teenager and I heard it because it was nothing like his family-friendly roles. I'm like, this isn't the genie. This isn't the scientist from the Flubber movie. This is a really raunchy comedian. And just hearing stories from him would be great. And I loved his appearance, you know, on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Uh, His movie, which... Not a lot of people talk about, but one that was a more serious role for him uh, was a movie called One Hour Photo, and he plays a very serious, depressing type of role, and it's so different than anything you will ever see him in. So if you ever watch that movie or you come across that movie, definitely check it out. I would very, very much recommend it. It's very good. 
Jason Robbins, also host of the Pop Culture Palette podcast. What interview were you most nervous about? This one is a very easy question to answer. I mean, there have been interviews that I've been nervous about. I mean, I was nervous about the first few I did just because I was still struggling with those anxieties a little bit. But without a doubt, the interview that I have been the most nervous about was Jake Plummer, former quarterback from the Denver Broncos. And the reason why I say that is because as far as like national recognition, he was the first person that I had ever interviewed, and it was one that I didn't know if it was really going to happen until the day that it did. And then talking with him through Twitter, and we had the uh, we had a time set up, I think it was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and then he messages me at like 11.30 and says, hey, can we do the interview an hour early? I've got to do something with my kids. Just a really normal person excuse, and I'm just like, I'm not going to say no to the guy, so I'm like, yeah, sure. And what sucks is... My friends Adam and Ian, who I watch football with every Sunday during the season, uh, they were going to sit in on the interview, but Ian uh, was a school teacher and he couldn't leave school at that time. And Adam, who's also my boss here at the Wahoos, uh, he had to go into meetings, so they're both like, just do it. So I set everything up uh, in the Reds room, which is next door to our production room, which is actually the room that I'm recording in now. I'm just waiting And he messages me and says, you know, 10 more minutes. And then I'm just kind of sitting there, and I'm actually starting to sweat a little bit. I'm like, holy crap, this is actually going to happen. And then I have Skype loaded and everything, and I just see his picture pop up on my monitor. And it says, Jake Plummer calling. And I'm just like, oh my god, this is actually happening. And then as soon as, you know, I hit the the answer button and we started talking, I was like, okay, this this is going to be good. So that was easily the one that I've been the most nervous about. And then the Jim Cummings one I was nervous about too, but none really compared to that Jake Plummer one because I'm still sweating just thinking about it. Wally asks, what is your favorite question to ask? And this might sound like kind of a cop-out, but it is legitimately my favorite question to ask. Why did you decide this career? If it's an actor, what made you want to get into acting? What was what was that defining moment that made you want to go in this direction? Because at the core of it, that's why I do the interviews, is to find out why they wanted to do the career that they're in. So just hearing that to me is like the most gratifying part, because I'm like, okay, that's the core reason why I did this interview. So the rest of it's just like icing on the cake. So... As generic as that might sound, that's my favorite question to ask. Josh Gay, a fellow co-worker of mine, was there a guest that you look back on and wish you would ask better questions? I won't say better questions. There have been some where I wish the interview would have been a little bit longer. Kind of going back to the Jake Plummer one, we only had 25 to 30 minutes, and I had a list full of questions that I wanted to ask. So as he's talking, I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't seem like the conversation is going to go in this direction, so I'll cross off this one, and then, okay, maybe, maybe I'll elaborate a little more on this one because it sounds more interesting. One thing that I did want to ask him, and for those who are football fans will know who this guy is, uh, he was very good friends uh, with Pat Tillman, who was a... NFL player with the Arizona Cardinals who uh, died overseas uh, while in the military. And they were very good friends. So I would have loved to have talked with him just about Pat Tillman and what type of person he was. But I didn't really want to cross that barrier because I wanted it to be more about Jake's career. And I didn't feel like if we were like really knew each other, then I would ask him. But I didn't feel like it was appropriate to do it. Who knows, maybe if I have him back on the show, I'll work up the nerve to ask him, but we'll just have to see. Is there an interview that helps you develop your skills as a better host? I'll say the turning point uh, for how I do this show was an interview I did with a fellow podcaster. It was actually right after the Jake Plummer one uh, with a podcaster named Nicole Welch, who hosts the Real Time Real Men Only podcast. And as we're talking I don't really ask her the questions that I had sent her and I had, you know, on my sheet of paper. We just really talked about podcasting. Uh, She went to college here in Pensacola, so we talked a lot about the local scene. 
I mean, we I went back to that list a couple of times, obviously, but it was just more like a conversation. And I remember before that, I used to do reviews and whatnot in the intro to the show, and she kind of showed me indirectly on how to do like a tighter format because on her show, she just kind of introduced, you know, the guest during the open and what they're going to talk about and do her plugs and things like that. And then goes right into the interview. And that's pretty much what I do now. I remember in the first several episodes, I would give reviews of like amazing Spider-Man two or whatever the latest Marvel movie was at the time. But now I just, you know, say, Oh, welcome to the Derek diamond experience podcast. Today I'll be talking with blah, blah, blah. And, Usually I'll, I'll discuss how we met because I get a lot of people who ask me about that. So um, that would be the interview, I think, that would be the turning point as far as the format of the show and making me a better host and just kind of going with the flow of the conversation as opposed to just trying to get all my questions in or just going question, answer, question, answer, and things like that. Adam Waldron asks, what superhero role would you cast Matthew McConaughey? For those who know uh, Adam Waldron, he is a, a very big Matthew McConaughey fan, especially in the movie Interstellar, which is a very good movie. Um, as far as mainstream, that one's a really tough decision. I don't know if I would cast him as Hal Jordan, but I think seeing him as a member of the Green Lantern Corps would be pretty cool. And plus it would keep that that kind of uh, space element uh, that he seems to be so good at, so... Adam, hopefully you're happy with that answer. I would cast him maybe as Hal Jordan, maybe like an older Hal Jordan, but definitely as a member of the Green Lantern Corps is where I would put Mr. McConaughey. He also asks, top five NFL quarterbacks in the league right now. Uh, from five to one, number five, I would say Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks. I think he really stepped up his game this year and not just being a game manager, but being a playmaker. And him being so small, he's only like 5'10", he has a really big arm, he can throw it all around the yard, he has uh, breakaway speed, so they you know implement the read option a little bit, not as much as I think they should, but Russell Wilson definitely stepped up his game, and to me, that's why he made it into the top five. Uh, number four would be Ben Roethlisberger of the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's a little biased on my end because I'm a Steelers fan, but... The guy knows how to win, and the guy's been doing it for a long time. He's taken a beating because the offensive line in his early years wasn't so great, but it's improved much better. I think his uh, style of play has gotten much better under Todd Haley's uh, uh, scheme because before, and I love Bruce Arians, who used to be the offensive coordinator of the Steelers and is now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, he was really more about just throwing the ball down the field, but now he'll do shorter routes. And with having a receiver like Antonio Brown who can play in the slot, can play on the outside, he can catch the deep ball, he can catch the short routes. And just having good playmakers around him and just getting the ball out of his hands quickly, I think, has really prolonged his career. Because he's, he's not extremely old, but he is uh, north of 30, and he has been taking a beating over the years and uh, he did get a little banged up this year, so hopefully the O-line uh, can improve a little bit and hopefully he can stay healthy. But Ben, to me, is easily a top-five quarterback in the NFL. Uh, number three would be uh, Cam Newton from the Carolina Panthers. As much as I don't like him personally, I think he's uh, very arrogant. But uh, the guy makes plays. I mean, the guy is, you know, 6'5", 240 pounds. He's bigger than most of the linebackers that try to bring him down. Uh, he showed that he can be a pocket passer. And when it comes to running the ball, he is the most dangerous quarterback in the league because he's bigger than most of the defensive players. So it takes a lot to really bring him down, and he's really fast too. So Cam Newton would be my number three. Uh, number two would be Tom Brady from the New England Patriots. I mean, the guy has four Super Bowls. He's been successful for so many years. You can't put him, you can't not put him on this list. I mean, I'm not a Patriots fan by any stretch, but you can't deny the guy's success. I mean, the guy put up, you know, north of 50 touchdowns a couple of years ago. So you got to put Tom Brady on the list. 
But my number one would be Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers because he has the mobility, but he is so dangerous from the pocket. He's the most accurate passer to me in the NFL right now, and he just has that perfect blend of, you know, he's he's not too big, but he's not small either. He's got the size. He's got the arm strength. He's got the accuracy. He's got the mobility so he can run when he absolutely has to. And he's probably the smartest quarterback uh, in the league now that Peyton Manning's gone. So Aaron Rodgers would be number one on my list. Adam also asks, he's got several questions. How was working on the Unicorn Wranglers live murder mystery night show? For those who don't know what that is, uh, the Unicorn Wranglers did a, a show to promote their murder mystery night album. And we had come up with an actual murder mystery story that we would tell in between songs. And that was my job. I would sit in an old chair off to the side of the stage with a lamp. And anytime I would talk, I would turn the lamp on and I would read from this book, uh, the script that we had come up with. And then, you know, I would read a little bit of the story, turn the lamp off. They would play a song. I'd read part of the story, so on and so forth. And it was really kind of a unique thing to do. It was kind of like our take on a rock opera. So it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, w- I would love if we did something similar to that or even if we brought back the murder mystery show uh, for, you know, a show at the Handlebar or something or somewhere, you know, even in Tallahassee or somewhere not in Pensacola because it was a lot of fun to do. I had a lot of, I won't say input, but I was around a lot for the development of that album and I love a lot of songs off of it. So it was great and I would love if we brought the show back at some point. He also asks, uh, favorite Zoolander quote? Uh, That's easy. What is this? A center for ants? Josh Gay asks, what would Eric Emerald do? I don't know what he would do, but he would do it right, that's for sure. And that's an inside joke if you work at the Wahoos. But uh, Eric Emerald is kind of a joke we have here at work. It's my alter ego. Uh, A lot of people ask if Derek Diamond is actually my real name. I can't tell you how many guests I've had. We'll be talking before the interview. And they'll be like, well, first I have to ask, is Derek Diamond your real name? Because it really sounds like a stage name. And it's not. It's my real name. So I came up with a joke that, oh, if I were to come up with a stage name, it would be Eric Emerald, the opposite of Derek Diamond. So that's the story behind that. Adam asks, semi-pro, accurate representation of minor league promotions or Hollywood fiction? Semi-pro is such an underrated movie. A lot of people don't like it. It's one of the lesser-known Will Ferrell movies, but it really does play an accurate portrayal of minor league sports because it's all about the promotions. It's all about the theme nights. It's about doing the wacky, crazy stuff that you don't do in the major league sports. So, yes, I would say that is an accurate representation. And, uh, Adam, just so you know, you are a jive turkey. He also asks, top five podcast stories. Well, I'll include some Nerd Cave ones, too. But number five would be the first ever live show we did, which was our 100th Nerd Cave episode. Just getting to stream a live show and take questions from the chat room was really fun. Uh, Number four would be starting this podcast, because it was a really difficult thing to do, because... Uh, to sort of answer a question that is asked later, doing a show by yourself is way different than doing one as a group. Uh, Number three would be uh, right after I interviewed Jake Plummer, I opened the door and both Adam and Danny Gibble, who was a creative service trainee here at the time, were sitting outside the door and they had been listening in to the interview the whole time and they both clapped for me and they said that it sounded like a lot of fun. So that that was really kind of gratifying and I just thought it was really cool that they were so interested in it that they sat outside the door. Uh, number two would be uh, from one of the earlier Nerd Cave shows, we did our top five movie quotes and Zach read out uh, the Jobin quote from I Love You Man when Paul Rudd's character gives Jason Siegel's character the nickname Jobin. And I can't really recreate it, but the way he did it was so funny that we all cried during that whole little sequence. And it was one of the funniest things that had happened 
uh, on the Nerd Cave. Unfortunately, the audio got messed up, so it never aired, but uh, that was a really good one. Uh, number one would be the SNES photo incident from episode 25 of the Nerd Cave. And we did our first and to this day only, and hopefully it's our only one, uh, only live show, or not live show, but three-hour show. And I was describing uh, my favorite video game console, which was the Super Nintendo, or the SNES, as people call it. And Zach sent a group text to myself and Willis, who was the host at the time, of uh, this troll face. And he said, SNES. And then I could hear Zach laughing from the living room. So he's just laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. And then you can hear me take my headphones off, open the door, go in the living room, and just start to tickle the mess out of him. And then what's funny is uh, Daisy, my beagle, actually jumped up in his lap and was like kind of attacking him, but not really. So that that was my number one, just because it's one of the first things I think of when I do you know podcasting stories. Let's see. Next question. Mary Jane, what is it really like working for Adam? This will be one of the more sentimental answers that I give. This job is very difficult sometimes because especially during baseball season, you put in a lot of hours. During game days, we work from 8.30 in the morning till about 10 o'clock at night, and that's for five days in a row, sometimes 10 if we have back-to-back homestands. But the thing that helps me get through it is I get to work next to one of my best friends every day. And he's one of the reasons why I still work here. And we have a very good working relationship. I mean, yeah, we've had a couple of disagreements here and there, but for the most part, we get along great. I mean, we hang out outside of work uh, almost every day. So getting to work with someone who you see every day for close to four years now and you're not tired of seeing them I think speaks volumes. So, and plus he was very instrumental. I mean, he was the reason that I work here full time. Now it's my first ever full time job. So I really uh, owe him thanks to that. And, you know, as I said, I get to work next to one of my best friends every day. So it's, it's great. I mean, yeah, the hours suck sometimes, but getting to work with friends more than makes up for it. Steve Kassan, former podcast guest asks, If you could choose one guest from the entire decade of the 1990s, which one would it be? Celebrity, personality, sports figure, actor, world leader, anyone from the entire 90s? My answer is going to be Michael Jordan. And I say that because he transcended his sport. He was not just, he is the greatest basketball player of all time, but he's one of the top five best athletes of all time and it's because his competitive drive to me has not been matched since him and I don't know if it ever will be just someone who could will an entire team on his back and just win out of you know insurmountable odds I I remember you know the game he played with the flu and he had one of the best games of his entire career and the guy had six championships and six finals MVPs that is unbelievable and it's kind of crazy to think about you know especially now when it seems like there's not really any dynasties in sports anymore I mean the closest one is you know Alabama in college football but to me they're one of the greatest sports dynasties of all time and it's because of Michael Jordan and I would just love to hear his story and I mean I, I know his I will say I was disappointed with his Hall of Fame speech because it was more about him saying that he proved everybody wrong but I think, you know, once you get to that point where you retire from your profession when it comes to your sport, you know, you should be appreciative and just look back on it in a positive way and not just, oh, I did all of this just to prove somebody wrong. But Michael Jordan uh, would be my choice. Jacob Sasser asks, if you had one free punch, no strings attached, who would you hit? Could be anyone, celebrity, politician, Zach or Robbie. Robbie would be very tempting. No, I'm just kidding, Robbie. I love you to death. Um, person I would love to punch in the face. Um, I don't want to say any females because that would be wrong. Donald Trump would be a great one when it comes to, to current 
state of affairs because that guy is just the guy's like a cartoon character. I just wake up one day just wondering like, okay, is this when it's realized that this whole thing is just a sham? Like no one can be that, you know, tyrannical or that obnoxious. As far as current, uh, Donald Trump would would definitely be up there. Kanye West up there too, just because. Uh, and the guy's just a flat out douche. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm not as hateful as I used to be. Like I could have a long list of people. If you had talked to me five years ago, I'd have a long list of people that I would love to punch in the face. But I I really try not to live in anger anymore. Let's see, Zach Abramowitz, also former two-time podcast guest, asks, Instead of Indiana Jones 5, do you think they should make a crossover with these tired properties instead, where Indiana Jones meets Marty McFly in 1955 and and time travels to the 80s? That would be very interesting. It would never happen, I think, as like a big-budget film, but I think that would make like a great fan film or an indie film. Like, just take a character from the 50s or the 60s and bring them into the 80s or the 90s. That's a great idea, Zach. That that would be, as far as a fan film, I'd love to see that. That would be great. Jacob Sasser also asks, also, will there be another Jolly Rogers movie? If, uh, if the cast is willing, uh, I'd be more than happy to do it. Uh, Jolly Rogers is just this really over-the-top movie that me and a bunch of my friends made uh, when I was in college. And the plot, it's really kind of hard to explain because it has, you know, thieves, uh, secret agents, pirates, and it's all they're all trying to get this thing that, that no lie is called the Derek Diamond action figure because we found this old uh, action figure that looks exactly like me pre-spiked hair. And it's worth a lot of money and all these companies or these mercenaries are trying to steal it. And it's got uh, both Zach and Robbie in it as well. Um, when you're listening to this, it should be on our YouTube channel, just because uh, I know Robbie will hate it, so I'm going to put it online. But um, would I do another one? I mean, if we all had the time, yeah, I'd love to do it. I actually wrote uh, a script, or I almost wrote a script for a reboot of it that made it that made everything make a little more sense, because the original movie is just really convoluted. But, yeah, to answer your question, Jake, I would love to do it if everybody had the time. Robbie asks, who do you look up to in the podcasting world? That's an easy question to answer. That's easily Kevin Smith. He's a big influence on me as far as podcasting and wanting to get into film because he, um, his Smodcast, I listen to, you know, I still listen to them religiously after, you know, four years of when I was introduced to them. Um, I think the shows he does uh, are great because I think he's just like a regular person who just happened to make a very successful indie film. And I love hearing him talk about things like The Flash or Arrow, and he just geeks out over it like we all do. So Kevin Smith would easily be uh, my choice as far as uh, podcasting influence. And then a last set of questions comes from Adam Gumbert. What's the best way to find and work with local talent? Um, what I do, uh, and I'm not sure exactly where you're from, Adam, I'm kind of drawing a blank, but um, if you're, as far as like film, look to see if you have like a local film Facebook group or anything with social media, because we have one here uh, called the Emerald Coast Film Group, and through that we occasionally have, you know, meet and greets where people can talk about their projects or, you know, aspiring actors can bring headshots or resumes and give them to directors, um, I would say just search social media and find something uh, in your area because that's really what everybody uses these days. And last question, also from Adam, what's the difference between working with a group versus alone when making content? I will say it's completely different because with the Let's Plays we do, if it's something with myself and Zach or myself and Robbie or all three of us, we can bounce off each other pretty easy. And same thing with the podcast. You know, we bring up a topic and we all give our opinions and we interact on it. But when you do it by yourself, you don't have that buffer because say I'm, you know, not really feeling it that day. So I'll just kind of, 
you know, pass it on to Zach or pass it on to Robbie, and then they'll elaborate more on it, and then I'll jump back in. But with doing it by yourself, you don't really have that. So it's completely different. I will say it's very difficult in the beginning if you're going from doing things with a group to doing things by yourself. But I also think on the flip side, if you start by yourself and then transition into a group, it might be just as if, as difficult because you're so used to just being the only one talking that it might be tough to throw a topic to somebody else or interact with someone. It may be someone that you've never really talked to. And we're lucky in that, that with me, Zach, and Robbie, we've known each other for over a decade. So we know how each other think and we know our chemistry and everything. So it's, um, it's definitely different, but it's something that, uh, that you get used to. So I, I will say I've come a long way, I think, in, in two years of doing this show as far as going from someone who was solely interacting with people to doing stuff, you know, on your own. So that does it for uh, the questions. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who uh, submitted those. Uh, it was a lot of fun answering those, and hopefully we can do uh, another one in the future, maybe for... Uh, you know, episode 125, or maybe we'll just do it as a once a year thing and we'll do it, you know, for the three year anniversary and so on and so forth. If the show is still alive and kicking then. So thank you uh, to everyone. Uh, hopefully, you know, I pronounced everyone's name right, named everyone. Uh, if I didn't, I apologize. But thank you to everyone uh, from the Facebook group and from my personal page who submitted questions. And uh, to give you a little tease of next week's podcast, we do have a guest, and it's one that uh, I did the interview a couple of months ago, and I'm just now releasing it. I'm very excited to do it because it's a guest uh, that has something to do with a old love of mine, and that is professional wrestling. And my guest will be uh, former wrestling commentator Lance Russell, who is known from the Memphis wrestling era who you may know is the one who called the uh, Jerry Lawler-Andy Kaufman feud back in the early 80s. Uh, very good announcer, very nice guy, and I look forward to uh, releasing that interview next week. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. I know I had a lot of fun doing it, uh, just talking about something that I've loved since I was 12 with someone who was actually in that industry uh, was a lot of fun. So be sure to come back uh, next Thursday for that episode. But until then, you can check out past episodes of this show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can also follow the page on social media. On Facebook, just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. And on Twitter, you can follow the show at DDE underscore podcast. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Derek underscore diamond. And that's all I've got, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday with Lance Russell. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.